Hello and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinelli, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. If this is the first episode of mine that you're stumbling upon, feel free to check out my other episodes. I've covered a wide range of television shows, I've done deep dives on some shows. Currently, I am focused in on reality TV in solidarity with the SAG after a WGA strike. I'm not talking about any struck productions, which is why I've been focusing on reality television, but I don't normally only do reality TV, and there's like a catalog of episodes that you can check out if you're interested in more fiction type stuff, scripted television that is available for you if you want to listen to some of that that's available. (laughs) Um, And... I will obviously, once the the strike is over, be resuming talking about everything that I've been watching and rewatching because I have been watching a lot of the new shows that are out and also I've been rewatching old stuff. And I have a lot of thoughts on everything that I've been watching, but I just haven't been talking about everything that I've been watching. So once the strike is over, I'm going to have like a back catalog of like things to revisit, which will be very fun. But in the meantime, thanks for tuning in. If you're interested in reality TV, I will still keep talking about reality TV even when the strike's over because this podcast is just structured as me talking about my thoughts on what I've been watching once a week. That's like all I made this for because I have a lot to say when I'm watching TV and this is a really concise place to do it. And I enjoy just talking about media a lot. So anyways, that's a little introduction to me. If this is your first time listening to the Emmy Awards. This episode is out later than normal. I typically release Fridays at noon Pacific, but I had a rough Thursday and I didn't, I didn't want to record like Thursday night rolled around and I was set to record. I've had notes for days. Like I was prepared And then I was like, I am just not in a good mood. I don't think I'll be able to be present and like really give it a good effort. And I I didn't want to do something that I was going to not enjoy doing. So I'm recording this Saturday and it will hopefully be out Sunday at noon, my regular time. If not, it'll be out sometime Sunday evening. Um, I don't know if I'll finish recording this before I go to sleep because... I'm recording this at like 11.30 because I get off work at 11. Also, I live in Los Angeles and there is a hurricane coming. So hopefully everything is okay and I like don't lose power. But if I do lose power tomorrow and I don't finish editing this tonight, then it might be out Monday, it might be out Tuesday, I don't know. You'll know when you're listening to this, but I do just want to preface, if this is the first episode you're stumbling upon, this is not my regular scheduled programming. I release Fridays at noon, or on occasion a little bit later in the evening, or like 3 p.m., but typically I release on Fridays. So sorry for being a little bit late. This is just a hobby of mine, as you have a full-time job and other responsibilities and I am fostering kittens right now so I just didn't want to spread myself thin. I wanted to enjoy my Thursday because I have Wednesdays and Thursdays off. I wanted to enjoy 
the last day of my weekend. And I'm glad I did. And there was also just a lot like that was releasing on Friday. Like there was a finale of a show, The Summer I Turned Pretty, which I'm not covering right now in solidarity, but I wanted to watch that. And then Renee Rapp's album dropped. So I just had a lot that I wanted to do. Plus, there's always like big Thursday is like a big brother elimination. So I just like I I took the night to do self-care. But anyways, that introduction went longer than I meant it to. But you know what? That's okay. I feel like sometimes when I when an introduction isn't like just like less than a minute, I feel like I'm going on and on and on. But like that's the point of the introduction is to introduce myself. So I am sorry that it's long. I'm a little I'm, I'm a little bit embarrassed. So this week episode just like the last few is just going to be my thoughts on the last few reality tv episodes that I consumed I also want to touch a little bit on some Vanderpump Rules news Vanderpump obviously isn't back yet they're filming it right now but I have thoughts on some stuff that has been happening and I will touch on that later but I'm going to start with the bachelorette men tell all now I don't love tell alls I feel like they are, on the whole, just like Bachelor in Paradise audition, you know? And I think, I don't know, because like the Vanderpump Rules reunion was so good. I think there's something about, I think The Bachelor really stands out in terms of its format in a lot of ways that other dating shows don't but I think they don't do their reunions that well in my opinion like I don't know if it's the editing if it's the questions it just like they don't hit the same way the tell-alls are like very rarely hard hitting which I feel like is what they should be you know like I want a little bit more spice a little bit more drama I want to feel like I have to watch the reunion or the tell-all or whatever format it comes in to get another piece of the story. I don't feel that way. I feel like it's a bunch of these like irrelevant people, not irrelevant, but like on the whole, it's, and obviously Vanderpump rules, it's like a different, like there's the same cast and then on occasion they'll bring people in. So it's like different, but it's just like, I don't know. I wish, part of me wishes that they kept the lead on there the whole time. And it could be like a round table where like charity could give her opinion. Like I, I don't, I just don't love the, the tell all format and I, it's fine, but I just like, I wish it was better because I like reunions in general. I just don't love how the bachelor does them. I also like on the whole feel like a lot of the times when the bachelor does tell alls, there's going to be like a million ads. There are going to be a bunch of like pointless segments and I, I don't know. I just think that they could be a little bit better. But it wasn't the worst tell-all that I've ever seen. There were some interesting segments. I didn't watch all of it. I fast-forwarded some stuff. I'm sorry. I don't care about Sean. Like, at some point, I, I tapped out, and then I skipped to Gary's section. But I'll talk about what I did watch. And I have listened to Bachelor podcast recaps about the men tell-all. So I think I, I got the gist of everything that happened. But this is not a recap podcast. This is just me sharing my thoughts on what I've been watching. So if this is where you're getting your information, I don't recommend it. I'm not a journalist. But I think Brayden did a good job. 
his hot seat was good. I, I really appreciated... I feel like he, either consciously or unconsciously, did a good job at revealing the ways in which the the things he was criticized for were, like, when, like, he just did a good job of pointing out how stupid the criticism of him became. Because there was even some point where Xavier was like, you can't, like, say certain things. And Brayden was like, I, I'm sorry, I forgot that I have to be, like, manipulative, that I have to, like, put on a show. And I think Xavier replied, like, you don't have to put on a show, but, like, you have to be aware of what you're saying. And it's like, I think in general in life, you have to be aware of what you're saying. But I think what Xavier was saying within with that is that, like, you have to be aware that you're on a TV show. And I think Brayden's approach was like, I'm just going to be myself. I don't care that I'm on a TV show, which I personally enjoy as a viewer. Now, do I want somebody... I don't think there's necessarily something wrong with being aware that you're on TV and putting your best foot forward. I don't think that's necessarily fake. I think we as people are different versions of ourselves and are more performative, even in our day-to-day lives, even if we're not on TV. Like, I'm not going to respond the same to, like, my boss or a coworker asking how I am as I am, like, my sister, you know? And I don't think that's necessarily like being fake or putting on a front, but I do think you play different roles in your life. You know what I mean? So I think when Brayden was saying that he wanted Charity to not be the Bachelorette, Charity took offense to that because she's like, I don't think I put on a front for anybody. But I don't think he meant it in the way of like, you're not being yourself. I think he meant it as like, I don't know if you're being yourself because genuinely we're on a TV show and I'm trying to just not censor myself. Like, I'm just being myself how how I would be, but I don't know if you are because I see that there are other men in this house who clearly have a different approach. Like, I think that's where Brayden was coming from, where clearly other guys in the house had more of a measured, like, like approach of being aware that they're on a TV show and, like, not saying certain things because they're on a TV show and I think Brayden was like, I don't know if that's what Charity's doing. Like, I don't think he meant it in a malicious way. And they obviously reconciled. But I think he did a good job of, like, showing his point, like, saying his points and, like, defending himself. He's going on Paradise, which I'm personally excited about. I think it'll definitely be more up his alley. Brayden is, like, an interesting contestant because I didn't particularly love him like I don't think he is somebody that I would be friends with in real life I don't know maybe we we would hit it off really well I don't know but the way the other contestants reacted to him and even some like fans and people on social media reacted to him like people in Bachelor Nation reacted to him made me just want to defend him so much that now I feel like a weird sense of attachment to Brayden where I'm like rooting for him which is very bizarre for me because he's an Aries and that would immediately, like, it's crazy, but he did a good job. There was a whole segment on the tell-all about some guy named Peter who went home night one, who they all hated, allegedly. (laughs) Not allegedly. They all, like, had some kind of beef with him. And I hated this segment because it was so weird. They didn't explain beyond like one comment that he made during like a zoom call they all had after the show about like brand deals or something 
they really didn't explain why they hated him so much. And it just made the contestants look like really petty of like, we didn't like this guy night one. So we just decided to be like, fuck Peter. Like they all under their cast, like the headshots that they posted on their Instagrams, like they put the letters FP and it was supposed to mean fuck Peter. And it was like, I, I just don't like what, what, what am I missing? Do, should I hate Peter? Like, I don't know anything about Peter. It was a very strange thing. And the one takeaway I had from this whole Peter controversy was that the producers really fumbled the bag by not keeping this Peter guy around because he apparently rubbed everybody the wrong way enough so that they had an inside joke that they posted on their Instagrams to, like, laugh within themselves about how much they hated this guy. Like, he rubbed people the wrong way so badly. Why didn't they keep him around longer? That could have been some drama. Maybe we could have had, like, a better antagonist besides Brayden. I don't know. That was my takeaway. It was, like, the producers were not keen on Peter rubbing people the wrong way because that didn't... It wasn't even in the edit. Like, there was nothing about Peter rubbing people the wrong way. And I wonder, maybe he didn't really on there and it was like after the fact they were like we hate this peter guy i don't really know it was unexplained but i it was a very weird segment because it felt like they were trying to address some controversy that happened after the show that none of us knew about and i'm sure that there's like beef with like bachelor nation is very incestuous and they like talk to each other and like I'm sure there's plenty of, like, Bachelor Nation beef between contestants post-season that we just don't hear about because it's, like, how is this relevant to the storyline on the television? Like, I'll listen to, like, their podcast interviews or something or read their book if they ever write one. Like, why? Not that it wasn't interesting. Maybe it would be a little bit more interesting if Peter wasn't a night one guy, but it's, like, I don't really know. Hopefully... That bought him a ticket to paradise. I wish you the best, Peter, unless you suck. I don't know. I don't know anything about him. Should I hate Peter? Like, that's... I just left being like, I don't... I don't get it. I don't... Like, I I don't get it. And Xavier being like, nobody would have known it was about Peter if Brayden hadn't said anything. It's like, then what was the end goal? It just... It doesn't make sense. Why were you... Why were you publicly blasting this guy, like, without publicly blasting him? Like, if you all hate this guy, then ha-ha, it's a joke. But why did you put it on your public Instagrams? Like, did you want the people who follow you on Instagram to be like, what does this FP thing mean and start speculating? Because if that's the case, how are they going to remember who Peter is? None of it made sense. I'm still baffled. Like, uh, what? what is the... What? What? Then I skipped a bunch of segments. I don't really know. Xavier's hot seat was fine... I don't have much to say about Xavier, except I, I I talked like at length about Xavier's elimination and the whole cheating conversation in my last episode. So I'm not going to like rehash what I said, but I do just generally wish that like, I don't know, it really made me uncomfortable how like Xavier did like one thing wrong. Like he, he communicated very poorly and he clearly like didn't align with charity in this way and it was like it was not a like the best showing and I obviously do not condone cheating but I it really bothered me I feel like people are just so fickle with loving and hating people on tv because it's like 
suddenly everybody was like he had all these red flags the whole time or like the scarves he was knitting were the red flags and it's like how does like it's not that simple people aren't like black and white you can be like that was really not good of Xavier's and like he and Charity should not be together and like I don't think he's ready for a relationship or whatever take away you want to take away about that behavior and that conversation and that perspective he had or lack of perspective he had or lack of compassion or whatever you want to say came across in that conversation because I did have a lot to say about the way that I feel like he didn't communicate the gravity of how hurtful cheating can be and in that sense he didn't empathize with chair like he he made a lot of missteps his execution was horrible but it really makes me sad that somebody can do that and then suddenly they're like the worst person ever like i does it have to be that simple like does it have to be that simple i don't think that that flaw that he has he is admittedly like ashamed of or wasn't proud of i don't think that should color the entire view we have of xavier i mean one we have a very one dimensional view of xavier because what we've seen is an edited version of him on a television show which is already a weird environment so that's a factor and additionally he had all these wonderful empathetic like funny considerate sides to him that we saw before this happened and i don't think that has to erase all the good parts we saw in xavier like people aren't overall like on average so easily categorized in a box like it's not because we see a one negative side of somebody that that means the entire time all the good was like manipulation and they were some machiavellian like person who was like lying about who they really are or whatever like it just doesn't make sense to me and i understand like i feel like really annoying sometimes when i'm watching reality tv because i know it's just like mindless for some people and that's fair but not that i i don't think reality tv can be mindless or tv could be mindless like i i i i think a lot about everything i watch but i think it's really interesting and i didn't mean to go on this tangent but i'll be done in a second i think it's really interesting that mindless tv for people that reality tv is often mindless like escapist tv for people because it's like reality tv like it's real people so people watch it as like dumb tv which it is very often but it's also like i feel like people fictionalize the things they're watching in a very weird way like i don't know if that made any sense but it's like it's very interesting to me that tv which people often don't watch critically involves like real human people who are obviously like they're edited like i understand why that happens but it's just interesting to me because it's like why are you being so reductive and simple about like real human beings who we don't actually know does that make any sense anyways not trying to yuck anybody's yum or whatever the phrase is like people can watch tv however they want i just think in this day and age with social media people take it too far like if you're watching tv and you're like oh boo he's the worst fine but then people like tweet and it becomes like a a widespread thing of everybody hating on one person and it's like why is my point why do there have to be all these memes about xavier suddenly being the king of red flags 
why is everything he did before that suddenly erased and like a moot point? It's just weird to me. Does that make sense? Anyways, I hope Xavier goes on paradise. Then again, I skipped a bunch of segments. I know they brought out the, the some guy to give Sean a rose or something. I don't know. Um, from New Orleans, I think. Um, no idea. I literally skipped that that section. Then they talked about Gary, the Golden Bachelor, and I am so unbelievably excited for his season because he, I, I just, if a big critique people have about the show is that everybody goes on for, for reality, for like fame now, I think Gary is like a perfect example of like, I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't think he knows. Like, I think he is as like for the right reasons as you can be. And I'm not somebody who subscribes to like the mindset of like, if you think about Instagram at all, or you consider the platform, because I feel like that is just a silly take. Because at the end of the day, even if you're looking for love, you're looking for love on a reality TV show. So you have to at minimum be aware that you're going to be broadcast on television and then be okay with that. And like, you have to go through an audition process normally and like, go through many steps to like it, it's just silly to not even consider that so I don't like subscribe to that but I do like the wholesomeness the purity of somebody who just genuinely seems like they want companionship and he has that experience of having like that long relationship and having that love and care for somebody and commitment and I just think it's gonna add such a fascinating layer and even the way he talked in his interviews when Jesse asked if he wanted to find a love like the one he had with his um, deceased wife. He was like, no, I, I, I don't want a love like that. I, I'm looking for something different because what I'm looking for now isn't what I was looking for in high school. Like, you know what I mean? It, it's just so thought out, like emotionally mature, just generally mature in a way that I think will be very compelling television. I'm excited. I feel like I feel like the contestants will probably have very interesting life experiences, have maybe more life experiences. I think there's just going to be a level to it that like I'm just very excited. I think it's exactly the pivot that the show needs. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see a season. And I like Gary. He seems sweet. And that's all I have to say about The Bachelor at Mentel All. My prediction for the finale, which is airing in like two days from when I'm recording this and like one day from when this is going to be published probably, or maybe the day this is published, who knows. I think that she's going to end up with Dodden and Joey will be announced as the next Bachelor. I know Aaron's there, but I don't I don't think anything happens with Aaron. I think he comes back, she like lets him back, they have like one more date, he says something stupid, she sends him home, and then it's between Joey and Dodden. I don't think Aaron's even a factor. Will Aaron meet her family? I'm unsure about that. Like I genuinely have no idea. No idea. That uh, those are my predictions. If she doesn't end up with Dodden, I will be shocked. And if Joey's not the bachelor, I will also be shocked. So I don't know. My next, the next show I'm going to talk about is Claim to Fame. And I have to say, I'm really getting pissed off at Claim to Fame. Not like, it's just like last season, 
This is only the second season, so it's still a fairly new game. You know, they're working out kinks. Competitions are different this season. Like, there are different factors, right? Like, it's it's a new show. And I always try to have that in mind when I, like, don't love certain things structurally. Because I'm like, it's in, it's in its infancy. Who says it can't evolve? Big Brother was a vastly different game. Like, first season of Big Brother the structure was completely different. Like they changed it completely in season two so much so that most people are like, you don't even need to watch season one. I mean, you don't need to have watched any season of Big Brother to understand it, but it's like, if you want to watch old seasons of Big Brother, season one is like not a very interesting one in terms of gameplay because the game was just completely different. It wasn't Big Brother in the way that we know it now. And so I kind of, with that in mind hope that maybe there are some adjustments to the format because last season there wasn't this and also it's like it's hard to say though because it's like the contestants too there wasn't this like incessant voting of the of the same person over and over and over again and getting him wrong like more people have gone home this season by like guessing somebody wrong than people have guessed correctly and I find it annoying as a viewer to be like, stop guessing, Chris. That's not how you're going to get him out at this point. You guys have no idea who he is. Stop guessing people you don't know who they are. Stop it. You're not going to get it. If you want Chris out because he's a big competitor, then find another way to get him out, okay? At this point, voting him out is not going to work. You guys should have learned after like the second lesson. Like It's annoying to me. It was just frustrating because it's like, you guys aren't going to get it, okay? You guys have no idea who... Spoiler, 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 if you don't want to know who Chris is related to. You guys clearly have no idea who Donny Osmond is, okay? He's not even a name in your head. So just stop guessing people. And you know what really bothered me? Sorry, I'm jumping to the end of the episode. But something that really bothered me was that they guessed Billy Idol. Billy Idol is also British. Last episode, they guessed Elton John. Like, it says he's from Utah, guys. You guys are taking, like, one clue and running with it. You have to put all the clues together. I don't know. It's really, it's really pissing me off. It's really pissing me off. I, I wish there was some kind of game mechanic where, and I, I like, the thing is, I don't know how they would change this, but I wish it wasn't like, I understand the bare bones, like you have to vote somebody. And then if you vote incorrectly, you get sent home. But I wish there was something of like, they can't guess the same person two weeks in a row or something. Like how on Big Brother you can't be head of household. Like I I wish that there was something they could do because it's getting annoying. And maybe like who knows if this will, maybe this will never happen again because there won't be somebody like Chris where they're like, who the fuck is Johnny Osmond? But I find it annoying. Like it's, it's very exhausting. The episode opens though. Sorry, those were just my general thoughts on Claim to Fame. The episode opens with Gabriel and Chris fighting because... Chris is like, I shared your clue with somebody. And then Gabriel's like, I knew, bitch. I was listening the whole time. And they fight. And like, Chris, like, it gets all upset when Gabriel is like, you are pampered. Chris really takes that to heart. Like, those Nepo baby allegations really got to him. I mean, they're all Nepo siblings or or babies or like, they're all, it's all, that the the show could be called Claim to Nepotism. No, I'm kidding. But, um... (laughs) That's the whole premise of the show is they're all related to a famous person. But Chris got really angry at that pampered, like, you've had everything handed to you thing. Like, he probably, I feel like he has a chip on his shoulder about being Donny Osmond's son. 
I don't know. He got really angry at that. It's like, it's not that deep, dude. It's not that deep. I loved the competition. They're either hit or miss for me in terms of entertainment value. Like sometimes I'm watching them and I'm like, this is just not that interesting to watch. But this one was really fun because it was trivia. So I was guessing along and Monet slayed, like she killed it. I'm rooting for Monet now. I really am. And I do know who her, who she's related to. And it doesn't seem like somebody that they will maybe get. I don't know. She got her clue. So the, the premise of the competition was like trivia and, but kind of like musical chairs. Like they'd ask a question and then there was like a list of like names and you had to find the name. And every round there were only three copies of that name so if it was like scarlett johansson or whatever then like by the end there was only like one scarlett johansson so somebody got eliminated every round and you only found out whose clue whose clue it was when you got to the end it was like six degrees of separation which they did a similar thing last season but it was it was different it wasn't trivia it was like they were in a house and they had to I don't remember it exactly, but this one was more interesting where it was like six degrees of separation and you only find out at the end who it is. I have to say, I found it very interesting how people, most people were trying very hard to get their own clue. Like Monet really wanted her own clue. And then I I find it funny that some of them didn't get their own clue, but even like Monet, there was a point where it was Gabriel's clue and there was like an SNL hint and she was like I think this is my clue and then when she got up there it wasn't her clue it was Gabriel's and anyways I lost my I lost my train of thought but I really like this competition I'm rooting for Monet now she got everybody's clue except Carson's but they already have Carson figured out I don't know if they're like confident that it's Dale Earnhardt Jr but like hopefully they are because they're onto something there um and then JR is in the bottom two and he guesses Chris he guesses Chris is related to Billy Idol and and the the clue they got for Chris was that Chris's relative won Dancing with the Stars. I don't remember what season, but obviously none of them have seen, like none of them knew. It didn't help them at all. They were like, so it has to be somebody. They were like, Dancing with the Stars is for people who are trying to regain some kind of popularity. So it has to be that. So they were like, Billy Idol, maybe. Like, obviously, they were onto something with, like, Dancing with the Stars sometimes is people. I think Dancing with the Stars has, like, a wide range of people where sometimes it's people who are, like, very trendy and then other times it's celebrities who are trying to, like, re- like, it, 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 it depends. It really depends. But anyways, JR guesses and he guesses wrong. He gets sent home. His claim to fame is good old Nas X, which I already figured out based off of the Old Town Road clue. And... I'm just I'm 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 sick of it. I'm sick of it. At this point, I really hope that they don't guess Chris. I think the only way to get Chris out out they all clearly want him out is to congregate like amongst themselves, all create a plan to convince Chris that let's say Monet. I feel like they don't know who Monet is related to or Gabriel because Chris saw Gabriel's clue with the 10 babies and had no idea, no idea that it was in a canon. Like, I think Chris's downfall could be, if they were smart enough, is that he doesn't know everything about pop culture the same way Monet does. Like, Monet is more in the loop. I think if she saw the 10 babies clue, like, she hasn't seen it yet. If she saw it, she would know it was Nick Cannon. 
especially because she even said Nick Cannon or something at some point based off of Gabriel's clue that she got in the comp- competition. Like, she could figure out that. I think that's how they can get Chris out. He's a very smart game player, and I think the issue is he wouldn't gas somebody if he wasn't 100% sure. But I think what they need to do is gaslight him and convince him that Gabriel is related to some NFL player, be like, oh, this NFL player is really well known. They all have to like talk amongst themselves and act like they're not all in on it. So he hears the same information from all these people who aren't typically aligned to convince him that that is who Gabriel's related to, or like that's what they have to do. They have to collude to gaslight him, convince him to guess somebody wrong, and that's how they'll send him home. It's the only way they're gonna get him out. Or if he's in the final two, Hopefully he's against somebody like Monet and he guesses Monet wrong. That's the only way I think, unless miraculously, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a Donnie Osmond expert, so I don't think I would have figured it out necessarily, but I also don't think I would have guessed Elton John. I would have been like, no, Elton John's clue would have been something different. He's more memorable than the colorful coats. Like that's not, that doesn't feel like that is, I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't think those would be his clues. Like, like I don't know who's from Utah. I'd be like, who? If I saw Utah, I'd be like, who's Mormon? The colorful coats, they said, they said Joseph from the Bible. Maybe those are connected. He's from Utah. A lot of Mormons in Utah. And Joseph is from the Bible. Let's start putting the pieces together. That's what I would do. They're taking one clue and using that as like, that's it. It's like, no. You have to be like, okay, Billy Idol. Maybe he wears colorful coats. Maybe he was popular in the 70s. Is he from Utah? I don't really know. I think he's British. Okay, so it's not Billy Idol. That's what they have to do. And if they don't do that and they don't figure out who he's related to with 100% certainty, they need to get him out some other way. I think my only hope for Chris not winning this season, because at this point, I don't want him to win just out of spite, out of like pettiness, out of like, I'm sick of this shit. I don't want him to win. I think what I'm predicting will happen is unless they they do what I am telling them they should do, which they can't hear me. This show was filmed months ago. It's not like Big Brother. I mean, it's not like I could infiltrate. I would be a wall yeller on claim to fame if this was happening in real time. Um, I'd, I'd literally find wherever this mansion was. I'd climb up the Hollywood Hills myself and I would be like, I don't know, because you can't be like Donny Osmond because then... They would, I don't know. I would, I would say something. I would say something. I don't know. I'd be like, don't forget the puppy love thing. I think here's my prediction. Unless they get him out by him guessing somebody incorrectly, which I do think is a very real, real possibility. If he's the guesser next week, I think he could take Carson out because he does know who Carson's related to. But I don't think he has any idea who Gabriel's related to. And I don't think he has any idea who Monet's related to. So I think my hope would for getting him out is they need to convince him that somebody's related to somebody. Like they need to convince him to guess somebody wrong and that's how they'll get him out. Or that doesn't happen and he gets to the final two. Last season, they brought all the former contestants back and they kind of were able to be like, I think this is who they're related to. And I remember somebody, Brett Favre's daughter, tried to convince Elsie that Logan wasn't related to who Elsie thought Logan was related to because Brett Favre's daughter, whose name I don't remember, wanted Logan to win. I think the only way that they're going to get who 
Chris is related to is if he's in the final two, like if he doesn't somehow miraculously guess somebody wrong and lose that way, the only way that they're going to get him out is in the final two, whoever is up against him, hopefully it's Monet, is like told by Jane, hey, puppy love, don't forget the puppy love, and then they share the rest of the clues and Jane figures it out. That's my only hope is Jane coming back somehow and, and, and getting that information. But I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, I'm really tired of them guessing. Like, the, Chris isn't the only person who's, like, they've guessed wrong and then they've gotten sent home, but he's the main person. So at this point, I want him gone because as a viewer, it's really annoying to have people get sent home for guessing wrong and not for being exposed. That's way more interesting. Um, so I don't really know. I'm sad JR's gone. I love little Nas X and I enjoyed watching one of my TV. He was like a fun character. I liked JR, but anyways, hopefully they get, they get Chris out. If not, he's winning. Like I swear to God, unless, but I, I, I do think like, I know there are some people who are like, like it's over. Chris is going to win. I don't think it's not over until Donnie Osmond sings. <laughs> It's not over. It's not over. You know what's so funny is I've ended up on like claim to fame TikTok and people are like, people are like, I I sent my mom a picture of Chris and I was like, who is he related to? And they always guess correctly. It's so funny. I don't think my parents would guess. I I genuinely, I I don't. I think I would send that and my dad would guess somebody completely out of left field because my parents aren't American. I don't think they know who Donny Osmond is. Maybe they know some of his songs, but anyways, that's really funny to me. Um, okay. Before I get to Big Brother, which is, you know, the next show I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about the Vanderpump Rules thing that's been happening lately, which is that Raquel Levis, now going by Rachel, so I'll call her Rachel from here on out, went on Bethany Frankel's podcast I don't know what it's called. I don't really know. Reality Reckoning or something. And I have so much to say. So much to say. And there's a lot that's been said. I am really frustrated by the entire interview because I think a comeback interview from her could have been really great. It could have shown growth. It could have shown... Like, the thing is, this is like... Raquel is fairly young, I mean, she's older than me, but in terms of, like, between her and Tom, repeated behavior, out of character, like, Tom, I don't think he's going to change. Like, it doesn't seem like that is something, I think this is just his pattern of behavior. But Raquel, I think she got swept up in something, she's young, she doesn't, like, I had hope for Rachel that she could grow, she could come back, she could genuinely, like, grow from this. And... I think there was potential there. Like, I was just very frustrated by the entire thing because it missed the mark on so many levels. It missed the mark on Bethany's part and missed the mark on Rachel's part. Like, both of them, it just, it missed the mark. It was the wrong platform to do the interview because Bethany's whole messaging lately has been about reality TV stars being exploited and not being compensated fairly. And I think that is a completely 100% valid conversation to have. Genuinely, I do. I think with SAG-AFTRA and the WGA strike, I think when she started being like, hey, this residual stuff, they're still making money off of me on 
with, and I'm not seeing a dime of that. That was a totally valid conversation to be had. I 100% think that if people are still, if companies are continuing to make money off of your labor, which filming a reality TV star is labor, I think you should continue to be compensated for that, just like actors should still be compensated for streams in the same way. I, be- I support that message wholeheartedly. And I do think that some kind of union for reality TV stars could be really beneficial to improve working conditions so people aren't abused on shows, so there's not horrible working conditions. Because right now, it's very much the way that Hollywood used to be before unions. And not that Hollywood is perfect now, but it's very much just companies get to exploit and abuse people and make a ton of money while they're not compensated. And I don't think that's fair. And I think shows like Love is Blind, where contestants have come out and say we weren't adequately fed. We weren't, like, I I think there being some kind of advocate, third-party advocate with it, like, I, I think union would be great. I'm not opposed to that, like, cause in any way. But I think this interview trying to wedge that issue into it was unbelievably stupid and i think it it's going to hurt her cause because she came at it with this angle of like your life was destroyed and they made all this money off of you and you were exploited and that just doesn't make sense to me like it it doesn't because of many reasons One, Rachel was like a cast member. She was paid. It's come out now that she was paid like six figures. Like she was compensated very fairly for the actual television labor she did, firstly. Secondly, she didn't mention residuals at all, which I think is the biggest conversation to be had about like even if you are paid. Like I think, for example, when you look at SAG, big name actors who were leads in shows like Mandy Moore from This Is Us aren't on the picket lines being like, I didn't get paid enough for being on This Is Us. Like they made this much money and I made this. Like that's not what she's saying because it would take away from the cause. Mandy Moore, I'm sure, got paid very well for being one of the leads on This Is Us. But she did mention, I've barely seen any money from streaming. Because again, when you're a cast member and you're being paid on reality TV or you're being paid big numbers or whatever on a t- like on a TV show or a movie that is not the angle you should go at it because it's hurting your cause there is probably overwhelmingly people on reality TV especially with shows like The Bachelor or Love is Blind or even Big Brother or Survivor or like all those kind of shows where you're not like a repeated cast member, you're like a contestant for one season where conditions are probably really bad and you probably aren't getting paid enough for the amount of money they're making off of you. I just don't think Vanderpump Rules, that fits, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense as as a reason, as a person to say that they were exploited. It doesn't make sense, firstly. From a purely like like tangible, numerical, you know what I mean? Like logically, it doesn't make sense as the person. Uh, anyways, sorry, I've gone on a million tangents. Secondly, sure, a lot of people have made money on Scandival and it made great ratings, but I think it's really disingenuous 
to like portray Scandoval and the reason why it was such a big phenomenon only in context of like they were on a reality TV show because the news broke after filming. This wasn't a storyline in the show. The show was airing. The season 10 was airing. There were already other stories that were happening, other dramas, other like it just it doesn't make sense to be like this was all exploited for TV gain because the majority of the season wasn't about it. Did it then draw a lot of new viewers in? Yeah, it drew, it drew me and I never watched an episode of Vanderpump Rules. Now I've seen the entire show. But I, I just, I find that argument kind of strange because it wasn't like a manufactured story. Like it was something that you guys, her perspective on it was very confusing because she was very much going at it from this perspective of like, we were on a reality TV show my views of things were warped. Like I, Bethany even tried to make an argument of like, this was all of her formative relationships had been on reality TV. Like she didn't really know, like a lot of people had cheated on the show before. Like all of these arguments of centering the TV show were strange to me because this wasn't something that you did for ratings or for the show. It was something you actively hid while filming. They re- they resumed filming because the news broke. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like it 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 loses me because it doesn't make sense. Like what she's saying doesn't make sense. And I think it also, like I was saying before, I had hoped for Rachel that she could come back and be like, that was wrong. I'm like not healed in myself from past traumas, or I'm not a very emotionally effective person for X, Y, and Z reason, and I'm working on this, and like I want to be a better version of myself and not hurt somebody the way I did before. And that is not the perspective she came back with. She instead, in my opinion, was very dismissive of the whole thing. She was basically like, I wasn't even that close to Ariana. Like we were more like acquaintances. Like we met through the show and we never, like she diminished her relationship with Ariana, which in my opinion was meant to like the entire thesis of what I gathered was Rachel's the victim. She was exploited. She hasn't made nearly enough money on it. And it was blown out of proportion because she wasn't even that good of friends with Ariana. Like that's how it came across to me is the message she was trying to send. And I think it missed the mark. When you are somebody who is like vilified on television and you have actually hurt somebody who cared deeply about you, even if you don't think it was real and it was all for the TV show. Like it just, it doesn't make sense that you would come back and basically be like, yeah, this wasn't that big of a deal. Like that is what you are saying when you are making it all about the TV show. And obviously I am the queen of acknowledging that being on a television set and things being filmed and producers being there changes things and there are weird scenarios where you're not 100% yourself. I think The Bachelor, I think Big Brother claimed to... Like, I I think a lot of those shows, that's very true of. And I'm sure Vanderpump Rules too a lot, like, is exacerbated. I'm sure that's all true. But this case feels such a weird way, like weird reason to say that because it's like it wasn't a storyline on the show, though. It was a secret you kept for seven months that broke months after filming had wrapped. 
I don't understand how you are then blaming the TV show. And maybe on some level, being in that world and being on reality TV did cause you to maybe like lose the humanity behind it and like not be able to tell what's real and what's fake. And maybe there's some level of validity to that. I'm not trying to completely discount that feeling, but I think the way she came to the situation and focusing in, and again, I think it's because Bethany was the wrong person to have this conversation with because Bethany's message and cause right now is about reality TV and exploitation and people's lives being ruined and them not making money or like you I think Bethany was the wrong person to have this conversation with because that's what she was going to make it about when in my opinion that's not what it's about you focusing in on the reality tv aspect of it and the reality tv reckoning that Bethany is trying to address which again I think is a good cause time and place you know but Focusing in on that, to what it comes across as is you basically saying none of it was real. People blew it out of proportion. This was a storyline on a reality TV show. I'm not evil. I like it's like, girl, you're missing the point. We we've lost the plot here. <laughs> we've lost the plot. Your messaging sucks. Bethany was the wrong person to be interviewing you. You weren't exploited for money. I mean, fundamentally, most labor is exploitative because people are making a lot more money than you are off your labor. That's called late-stage capitalism. But in terms of, of, of labor and you getting a bang for your buck and making like a fair living for the amount of work you've done, you, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Like, you're, you're doing fine. And again, I think if like big name actors were saying the same thing of like, I was exploited on set and I'm not making, like I, I didn't get paid enough, that would be a different conversation. When they focus in on residuals or like the 97% of SAG after members who like aren't big name actors who are just working class actors, that is where the messaging gets across because we are all on the whole, or even when you look at the messaging for like, people have done the calculations of how much money SAG-AFTRA and the WGA is asking for and how minuscule of, of a percentage that is in terms of profits the AMPTP makes. When you look at those tangible things, that is what sells the message because on average, the average American feels like they are working so much to barely make ends meet when the richer are getting richer. Like that is a very common, like, you know what I mean? You're losing the plot, Bethany. You're losing the plot when you're talking about Rachel being exploited. It weakens your message. It weakens any comeback she would have. It was the wrong, it was, it was bad. And I'm not gonna get into every single detail of what she said because I don't, not that I don't care, but to me, my biggest takeaway was that Bethany was the wrong person to do this interview. It hurt Bethany's cause. It hurt Rachel's, comeback or messaging or, or image whatever it was just it, it was it was stupid it was stupid it was frustrating because again I think there are important conversations to be had and some of the stuff that Rachel talked about about like going to therapy and realizing certain things about herself I thought I thought those were insightful and I thought those were great and I think if that was the message and she had gone on a different podcast who wasn't going to focus on I think Bethany was coming at it from like her perspective as somebody who's been on reality TV and make it all about how reality TV is toxic and it's fake and like you are not yourself and you're exploited and then you're not, you don't make money off of it and like yada, yada, yada. 
Like, I think she was trying to fit her cause into a scenario that it didn't make sense in. And I think she, Rachel should have talked to somebody else about, I don't know, like a self-help podcast about like how you've grown in therapy and like making mistakes and being your worst self and coming out a better version of yourself. I don't know. This was the wrong platform. It was the wrong message. I genuinely hope that Rachel can do some self-reflecting on some of the feedback she's gotten in the way she like talked about certain things on the podcast and genuinely grow and come back in a year with a new perspective, a bit more apologetic, a bit more humble, a bit more cognizant of the actual pain she caused real people. It wasn't a television show. These were real people. Like it was a tele... It's just, it's hard because it's like, I I just... Anyways, I didn't even look at my notes. Let me see if I... I said everything. I said everything that I wrote down because I just like genuinely... I could do a whole podcast episode just recapping point by point the the Bethany Frankel Rachel interview. I have so much to say about it, but I think my, I I don't want to keep going on tangents because I do want to talk about Big Brother because I have a lot to say about Big Brother as well. But I think the main thing I just I I took away from it was that it was like the wrong messenger. And I don't know if maybe if she had been asked different questions and the interviewer came at a different perspective, it could have been different. I think I could have had a better conversation with Rachel because I would have wanted I would have been more cognizant of like I don't know not that I'm an interviewer I just don't think Bethany was the right person I was just saying I think even I could have done a better job because I think I understand I have like a um, clearer perspective of the actual issue here because I watched the show and I watched the like I watched the whole show I've watched interviews I I I know what people are mad about. I genuinely understand it. I understand what the big issue with Scandaval was. I understand all those nuances. And I think I could have done a better job at being like, hey, Rachel. Like, I think I could have asked better questions. I, I think I would have focused on different things. I think I would have, like, Bethany was trying to be so sympathetic to Rachel that she completely, like, ended up victimizing her. And then Ariana's paint was like an afterthought. And it's like, no, when you're the person who's wronged somebody, the first thing you should do is be like, I wronged you. There's a YouTuber, his name is Dr. Kirkonda. It's psychology in Seattle. And he like talks about like the good, like how to make a good apology. And I, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I think genuinely she could have used that advice because she didn't make a good apology. It wasn't about that at all. Even like she, she and I, I think... That could have gone a long way. But anyways, I've gone on longer than I wanted. Let me center myself before I talk about Big Brother. So Big Brother, this week, week two, it's crazy that it was only the second week of Big Brother because it feels like it's been three months. Like genuinely, I can't believe how little time has passed and yet how much has happened. So the HOH contest was like something stupid in the nether region, Netherlands. I don't know what they what they call it. Some lot. It was like literally on CBS's lot because nothing's being filmed there right now. They they did like a thing, and Heisem won. And I have to say, I knew Heisem won because I keep up with live feeds, and I do have Paramount Plus now, so I watch them on occasion. Sometimes I'll just keep up with the updates on Twitter, but watching the actual HOH, I have to say, it was so frustrating. 
how because it came down to Heisem and Jared, and it was literally like you had to read clues, but Jared saw two of the clues and he was like, I already know what door it was. But but the clues all together were don't choose the door that starts with the number four. He saw the door with and then the number four and he was like, it's that one. And it's like, no. So that was annoying. But I don't love Jared, so I'm I'm fine. I like, I, oh God, I have such mixed feelings on Jared. I have a lot of mixed feelings about, because I, I really, if Jared wasn't Cerise's son, I'd want him out. He drives me insane. I don't like him. He's not a good game player. Like, I'm, I'm not rooting for Jared, but I want Suri to be happy. So I don't really know. It's hard. Heisa nominated Cameron and Riley. And because Jared lost the HOH contest, he was stuck in the nether region or whatever. And then he came back and he had to choose somebody and whoever he chose couldn't be nominated. And obviously the ho- the side of the house that he's working with that isn't the, the side his mom's on wanted like Riley really wanted him to keep Riley but then Heisam was like just don't send Riley Matt or Cameron because I want to nominate them like don't send them I want them as my options and so Jared sent Jag because he didn't want to rock the boat but it's very interesting him trying to play his mom's side and then his side and like he had to talk to his mom because he was like, I have to send somebody from like the other side so it doesn't look too suspicious, but I don't want to send Riley because that's not what Heisen wants. So it was like a whole thing. Um, so Jag was safe. And then Heisen won the POV. The nomination stayed the same. The veto competition was like so inaccessible for Matt, who was literally competing. It was like a hearing competition. Like he's deaf. He's a deaf contestant. The first deaf contestant, they've made a big deal about the fact that he's deaf and they haven't accommodated him at all. And then on top of not accommodating him at all, they literally made the competition about like having to hear things. If you know anything about like hard of hearing deaf people, even if you're wearing hearing aids and you're hearing, it's like, he's even said, he's been open about how like reading lips is how he like can gather a lot of information. Like, and he said before, like, his hearing is not 100%. He has hearing aids, and I think, like, one ear is, like, 50%. The other one's 20 Like, he is still hard of hearing with his hearing aids on. And so when he's in big groups, he can't really hear things. He, like, relies on reading lips, people facing him. Like, there are a lot of... If you know anything about, like, deaf people, you would know that a competition where there is like a bunch of noise and you're listening in headphones and it's like scrambled and you have to piece it together would be unbelievably inaccessible for somebody who's deaf, even if they have their hearing aids in. Even if he had a cochlear implant, that could possibly be, which he doesn't, he has hearing aids. Even with a cochlear implant, that could very likely be inaccessible for him. Like It's just unbelievably upsetting. And very sketchy in terms of how they're covering it because the the live feeds were off for a while after the competition. They didn't show his time normally. In those time competitions, they show all of the times and they reveal them one by one and it's like suspense. So they didn't do that this time. Like they didn't show his number because I think it was probably very long. I, I don't know. It, it, it really made me angry. It really made me angry. And I was, I was worried this was going to happen. I really was. Like it's it just... It, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I, I just don't fucking understand it. There, there couldn't have been... It just... Anyways. But Heisman won anyway. 
other like little storylines because basically I'm like just recapping what went home. Riley Riley went home, which I don't really care about. Like I really didn't care one, one way or the other. I would have preferred Cameron go home because why do two women have to go home back to back? But I don't particularly care for Riley, so I was fine with her going home. But Blue and Jared are like in some kind of mini showmance, which I found out from watching the feeds. Like I was literally watching the feeds and they were like talking and their conversation drove me crazy. It was like a conversation about Jared was trying to like, which first of all, Jared like is pissing me off to no end because he keeps being like, I have a big secret. Like I have a big secret. I can't tell you what the secret is. Like, and it's just like, number one, don't tell people you have a secret. That's so stupid. Like Derek wasn't like, I have a secret. That's like Nicole telling everybody that she's a fucking cop. Like she should have like, it was all like, it's stupid. It's driving me crazy. And if it was, if it just impacted him, like if he was a cop and he was keeping a secret, I wouldn't care, but he's going to blow up Ceri's game because if he tells blue that he is Ceri's son, then everyone will get Ceri differently. I don't care if that sends him home. But I don't want them messing. Like, it's just, it's pissing me off. It's pissing me off. He's like, I really, I can't tell you much about my family. Like, he's being so, he's tiptoeing around it to the point where they're going to figure it out. Okay. It was so unbelievably annoying. But the conversation I saw, they were talking about like things that they can't really share with, with each other. And then Blue started talking about how I miss like a good amount of what they're saying because there are no subtitles and... I, I can't distinguish what people are saying when they're whispering. I, I miss half of what they're saying on my feed. And um, so I didn't totally understand or follow the conversation, especially because feeds cut out at some point. But they were talking about, like, Blue was talking about how she had just met somebody back home. And then Jared was asking, like, about if they did anything. And she was like, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, well, that tells me. And then they went on a whole thing about body count. And he wanted to know... And she's like, I'm not telling you, that's so stupid. And like, he has not let let this go, the body count thing. Even Izzy in some clips I saw later was like trying to be like t- talking some sense into him. Like he's driving me crazy. I want him gone. He's referred, referred to women as females many times. I'm like, it, it, not only is it gross, it's grammatically incorrect. Female is an adjective. So if you want to say female singers, it's an adjective. You don't say females. When you're talking about women, women are female humans. You know what I'm saying? Like females, it's very dehumanizing. It's gross. I don't like it. And it's grammatically incorrect. That's why it feels icky because it's grammatically incorrect because in our day-to-day lives, we don't say males. And you notice these people always say females. They never say males. It's men and females. So what's that about? Anyways, it drives me crazy. Literally, I don't like him. One, like, he's he's doing a horrible job. He's doing genuinely a horrible job. He's going to out himself. It's it's a nightmare. And I genuinely think, I don't think Blue's going to, I think she's, like, picking up on it. But I watched that conversation in real time, and it was a disaster. I really like America. I don't know why. Like, I'm really just, she's, she's, she's one of my favorites. Like, I want her. I don't know if it's just because I think she's pretty, but every time she's on my screen, I'm like, I love you. Okay, so my thoughts on the live eviction episode specifically now, because I did take notes while I was watching this on Thursday. Suri and Izzy were like sketched out by Heisman's veto speech, which I have to say was so funny. Like from a viewer perspective, it was really funny, especially because people on the feeds had been saying like 
that was a really rough thing. And so nobody knew what it was. And Heisam, like, the thing is, Heisam is, like, very interesting because he says things. into Like, I, he's just so funny. He's literally like, I, I'm not using the power of veto. Riley, you're my target. I hope the rest of you will help me get her out. Like, it was so funny. Like, who just says things like that? He's like, I'm playing a 100% honest game. It's just silly to me. Um, but Suri and Izzy did not like that speech. Suri wants, Suri like was basically the live eviction episode. There was a big, the main thing was like, are they going to keep Riley? Like some people were considering flipping. They obviously didn't end up flipping and Riley went home unanimously, but that was a big thing. Something we did learn in live eviction episode is, which I knew again from following the feeds is that Matt, he said in the diary room that he was like, really sad to possibly see Riley leave because Riley has really helped keep him in the loop in terms of things. He doesn't always hear everything that's going on and she's kind of helped him, which is sad. No one liked Heisen's speech. I I think the way he is trying to play Big Brother is just like, I don't think anybody wants to play the same way he does. Like none of, they're all like, what the fuck is he doing? You know what I mean? I, I'm running for Suri and Fel- Felicia. They're my... I want, like, I, I'd rather Jared go home and then Sari Felicia final two. There was a part in the live eviction episode where Cameron starts talking to Jared about how he thinks that somebody is related to somebody famous. And Jared's a little bit worried at first. And then, and then he says that he thinks Felicia is related to Denzel Washington. And I died laughing. My sister made a joke to me. She's like, this isn't claim to fame. Like, you're on the wrong show, buddy. Which was funny to me. It really was. Especially because I think some people on Claim to Fame would kill it at Big Brother. Elsie would kill it on Big Brother. I don't know if they would ever do that because it's like different. And I don't know if they're celebrities. So I don't really know if they could go on Celebrity Big Brother. But I would love that. But Jag and Sari are talking about flipping the votes. Like that was the main plot of the episode was are they going to do it? Which I think they do a lot of the times leading up to live evictions, so there's more of a like, oh, what will happen at the live eviction, even though nothing happened. Even something I found interesting, though, was we saw the Professor's Alliance all talking and Heisman kind of dominating and, like, speaking over everybody, telling people what to do and being, like, no side alliances, like, very much just, like, rubbing people the wrong way. Um, And he mentions that he thinks that he should get Jared out, which I personally agree with, but... It's a big mistake. They want to backdoor Heisem now. I'm in love with America. Again, I, I just wrote I Love America. I don't know what she did in the episode. I can't recall. I just know that every time she's on my screen, I'm kicking my feet and giggling like a little girl. She's so beautiful. I love her. I, I thought it was interesting, though. We saw, like, Heisem say no side alliances, and then we saw Heisem making deals behind the professor's back. It's like, what the fuck is up with that? Again, more of the episode they're trying to flip. They don't flip her. The ep- Riley went home 12 to zero. They voted to evict Riley. Interesting things from the eviction interview with with Julie. She had told, Riley had told her allies, like, it's not going to, the numbers aren't going to be in my favor. Don't blow your votes. Like, don't rock the vote. You can just vote me to evict me, which I find annoying because it's like, if just split votes are interesting. Like, there's, it's fun when there's a little bit of drama as a viewer, because it's like, if every person's like, I vote to evict Riley, then it's like, okay, Riley's going home. It's a little bit more interesting where it's like, I vote to evict Riley, I vote to evict Cameron, and you're a little bit on your toes. 
it's great. It's so fun. But yeah, Julie tells her about Jared and Sari. So again, she's not coming back, which I'm fine with. And then Julie says that the pressure cooker is coming back next Thursday. It'll be the next HOH competition. And that's where the episode ended. And the next episode is Sunday, which is when this podcast is live or the episode's already aired at this point. I have been keeping up with live feeds. So just basic, based off what I know, I don't watch it 24-7. But from what I do, do know, Felicia won HOH. Very happy for her. Then I don't remember who she nominated. Jag and Cameron, I think. Because Jag took himself off the block and right now the, or no, he hasn't taken himself off the block yet because the veto ceremony hasn't happened. And there's a lot of flip-flopping based off of what I'm, what I'm following. And by the time this goes live, there'll probably be a new target, but there's been a lot of flip-flopping. Basically the, the plan was to backdoor Heisem and Heisem obviously is not safe from, from the block. So that was the thing. And everybody in the house knows about Heisen being backdoored except Heisen. And now some of them are flip-flopping and they're like, we don't know. But Corey's like, I don't think it'll go over well. Like, we, we have this plan. Everybody knows. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if things will change. I'd be fine to see Heisen go. I would have, I'd be happier if Cameron went home. I find Cameron annoying, but I don't really know. We'll see. I'll see how the episode's edited together. I found it interesting there was like maybe on Twitter there were like talks of like Corey and America, some kind of showmance between them. I guess maybe they've been flirting a little bit. I don't really know. People were like shipping them together. And I saw a clip of America talking to Blue in code. She was like my tour guide, which meant a producer because she was like, Blue was like, I saw you go into the, like, you went to the Dominican Republic after I went to the Dominican Republic, which I think is their code word for diary room. And then, so she said, yeah, my tour guide was asking about it, like, nothing's going on. And so, I don't really know. I like, I really love Corey, and I really like America, so I'd be fine with the showmance, but I also wouldn't want it to mess with their game. So maybe a jurymance, like, you know, friends, and then they fall in love after, whatever, or nothing at all. America, if you're still single, once you leave the house and you're interested in women and you listen to this, I'm available. <laughs> Anyways, um, she's, I, I love her. I love her. I really, they, somebody floated her idea, floated her name as an idea for nomination. I'll cry if that happens for like the replacement nominee, but I don't really know. Everything's up in the air as of right now. Also, if I got the nominations wrong, then like, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure it's Cameron and Jag because Jag's taking himself off the block, but I don't really know. I'm excited for the pressure cooker. I hope America wins. I'm rooting for America to win HOH next week. But I don't really know. I'll be happy with a good amount of people. I really cannot stand Jared. Like, he's getting on my nerves. The misogyny is jumping out. I don't like it. I don't like it. I I really, I don't. I'm not a fan at all. I find him infuriating. And the, like, character flaws, I don't like him as a person stuff. I could, like... Maybe, I mean, not really, but if I felt like he was playing a good game at least, then maybe, like, he's just, he's playing the game poorly. He's, like, fucking up his secret, which is, like, 
the biggest tool he has at his disposable disposal is is this secret, this like alliance of somebody who's played strategic strategic games and maybe could help you in some capacity and like an insider of like I think it's very smart in general in Big Brother to be aligned with somebody as your number one, but not necessarily always be with that person. Like I think that's a smart gameplay move. So I, I think Suri is his biggest asset and I think he's fucking it up by teasing Blue with these hints. Especially because Blue has like definitely gotten the ick from him with all his weird comments about her body count and trying to figure out if she slept with that guy who she just like started, like whom she met like a month before she went on the show. Like she's definitely grossed out by him. She is not interested in him at this point, maybe a little bit, but I think she is just trying to get information out of him. So he needs to stop with the dropping the hints. Like he's, he's, he's fucking up that part. He's being gross. He literally lost the HOH because he was too like proud to look at the last clue. He was like, I saw the last two, which means I know when literally the first clue was don't choose the door that starts with an don't, don't choose the door. He didn't see that part. Like it's infuriating. It's infuriating. He's not playing the game well. I want him gone. I think Sari would could could do much better in this game if Jared wasn't there. At this point, he's dead weight. Like the only thing he would be good at is winning competitions, and he fucked that one up because he was like, I don't know. Like I don't know. It like if Heisum like he lost anyway. If he lost because Heisum was faster, then that could have been better. At least like he lost because he was stupid. And the, the thing about Jared that gets me is I think he's too proud and like too egotistical. And I don't know him. This is just based off of what I've seen. I think he's too proud and too egotistical to be like, I made that mistake. I'm not going to do it again. I like, I, just, I don't even know. Izzy tried to talk to him very like calmly and rationally and be like explaining why what he's saying is so fucking stupid about like hookup culture because he's literally like sex isn't sacred to me. But if sex isn't sacred to a woman, that's like not the kind of woman I want to be with. And it's like, d- dude, you got to talk the talk if you're going to walk the, like, you got to walk the walk if you're going to talk the talk. That is so unbelievably stupid. I think it's, I think if you value like sex in a certain way and like, I don't know, if you are somebody who takes things slow and you feel like you would, or not even takes things slow, but like you don't like sleeping with people unless you have a connection or whatever perspective you have on intimacy. If you have that perspective and you feel like you would be more comfortable being with somebody who feels the same way as you, great. That's great. But if you are out there being like, I'm going to fuck whoever I want. And like, if a girl wanted, like he literally said that like, if a girl wanted to have sex with him on the first date, he might be down, but he would look at her a little bit differently. That is so stupid. If you're willing to have sex with somebody on the first date and you don't think that says something about you, then why does that say something about a woman? That's stupid to me. That's stupid to me. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with being like, I view sex this way and I would feel more comfortable with a partner who views it that same way. That's fine. Power to you. Like people who are like, I want to save sex for marriage. If you meet somebody who also feels that same way, good for you. It's your business what you do with your body. It's none of mine. If you're somebody who wants to have sex on the first date, great. Also, none of my business. It's your body. But if you're somebody who carries yourself a certain way in relationships, but then you expect your partner to carry themselves a different way, 
why? Why? At that, that point, there's something, it's, it's, they're, they're, it's weird. It's weird. At that point, you are not viewing women as people. You are viewing them as like, like a, a body, like a vessel. What the, like, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me. How can you look at yourself and be like, yeah, I'm fine with that because I don't view sex this way. But then I have an issue with somebody viewing sex that way if they're a woman. Like, and he literally said verbatim, I had to learn to view females as people because like betraying a female wasn't as bad to me as betraying like one of my homies or something along those lines. I don't know if he said homies, friends, maybe like what? (laughs) It's just, it's giving me the ick. I don't like Jared anymore. I don't, I really don't like Jared anymore. And anyways, those are my, that's my take on big brother week two and also a little bit into this week we'll see what happens week three i don't really know jared is getting on my nerves and you know what the thing is i i have hope for everybody and i'm not saying that he's irredeemable he's young you know we live in a very that kind of rhetoric is very popular on on male dominated podcasts like the whole andrew tate phenomenon like that that's a conversation that unfortunately has been happening a lot. I mean, it's it never went away, but I feel like a lot of people feel more comfortable to say things like that lately. And I just hope that maybe it's just it's hard because Izzy tried to talk to him and he didn't see that he was wrong. It's annoying to me. It's like if he said this shit and and Izzy talked to him and he was like that's a good point or he like maybe was open to learning or would recognize that people women specifically, are really creeped out and grossed out by what he's saying, then maybe he'd want to change and learn and grow. But no, no, it doesn't appear that way. But maybe he will. Who knows? What really bothered me, though, was that Izzy, like, after she had this conversation with him, he was talking to his mom about wanting to get Izzy out sooner rather rather than later. And it's like, for what reason? For what reason except the fact that she was, like, calling you out? And then when you said, listen to me, she said, don't talk to me that way, Jared. Because you're the one who wasn't listening to her, Jared, not the other way around. Anyways, I don't really know. I don't really know. I'm still rooting for Sari because I like her and I like her on the traders, but I don't really like her son. So if he leaves, I'm I'm not going to be upset about it. I'd actually be quite content to not have to watch him on my television for much longer. And Sari is also no longer my number one. I think I'm rooting more for like Corey. I love if Felicia won. I bet I'm, I think I'm rooting more for, for Corey right now. I really like America too. I think I'm rooting for one of those, maybe like floater people and not necessarily Sari. I like Sari. I just like, I don't know if I want her to win at this point in the game, but I don't know. There's like a lot of game left to be played. So who knows? I, I just want to see more out of some of the people who I haven't seen a ton out of, but like I see potential in like Corey and America. Like I, I, I want more from them. Right now, it feels like Ceri's kind of dominating, dominating the gameplay, and I want to see a little bit of spice. I want to see it shake up a little bit, but we'll see what happens. Um, Heisman's probably going home. If not, I don't know who else it is, but hopefully it won't be America or somebody else that I like, and hopefully it won't be a girl. Like, if, if they don't send Heisman home, but they send another woman home, like, I, they, they, they brought up Mimi, they brought up... America, I'll be cra- I'll be sad. Like, stop sending the women home. A lot of the men are annoying, including your sons three. But those are my thoughts on Big Brother. I had a lot to say about a lot of things today. And this episode will probably be out late on Sunday because it's like 1 a.m. 
And I don't know how, how much, how long I'll want to stay up. So anyways, thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, please make sure to follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked what you heard, um, all of my social media is linked below. Follow me there for updates. I post updates typically on my Twitter. I posted one on my Instagram this time as well, but I typically post updates on my Twitter if I'm late, things like that, if I'm missing a week. So that's there. I post on TikTok on occasion, <laughs> not that often, but sometimes. All my social media is linked below just in general. If you have any comments, critiques, feedbacks, concerns, I do read my message requests on Instagram. If you have anything you want to say about the podcast, about any shows I've been talking about, anything, anything. I'm open to anything. Um, rate and review. Follow me over to listen to podcasts. I already said that. Um, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot. Sorry again for the delay. Um, there's a hurricane coming and I'm, I'm a little scared. So I'll just blame the hurricane if this episode is out, especially late. Like if it's out on Monday, it wasn't my fault. It was the hurricane. But hopefully it'll be out on Sunday. So you can watch Big Brother immediately after listening to this or vice versa. But it'll be out of date because the episode will have aired. Actually, no, it probably, no, it won't, it won't be out of date because Sunday's episode is just going to show the HOH competition, which I already gave you that information. So go watch Big Brother if you want to, or don't. I don't really care. Anyways, thank you again for listening, and you will hear from me next week. Bye, guys.